tuning into the Shore Thing today. It is June 3rd. Warren and Ryan here with you. We, you can hear us every Monday and Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the iHeartRadio Podcast app today. On the show, we'll obviously be talking a lot about the NBA playoffs. We can get into some numbers from the month of, uh, the month of May, and baseball is done. Uh, so we can take a look at some interesting numbers from that, see how the trends are progressing as we now hit the month of June. How's it going, Ryan? The sun, is that the sun out there I see? Is it shining? It is. I was actually, it was funny because I was sitting here at like, you know, doing our job, whatever. It was like 630 and the sun was shining through my window. And I was like, what? This is, it's kind of early for the sun to be shining, isn't it? But I just realized that, no, it's summer, but we've just been under dark, heavy gray clouds for the last three weeks. So that's why I wasn't used to it. Yeah, I usually don't uh, have to have the blinds. Well, lately the blinds have been open or whatever because it's been cloudy. And in the morning, the window in the living room where I work faces the east uh, where the sun rises. Some people might not know the sun rises out of the east, but it does. Um, but now the blinds have been closed. So got to get back in that uh, in that routine or whatever. I guess so. I guess I guess so. All right, let's get into it. The NBA playoffs going on last night. The Mavs. Uh, were you surprised they won? They won 105-100. I was really not surprised that they they uh, they won last night. I think, and and I know we were pretty down about them. We thought the Clippers still going to win the or we're going to win the series after uh, when we talked on Tuesday. But the thing is, in in, in these series, you really you can't look at the game before of what's going to happen in the next game. Like you think you can, but, but you really like, they're totally completely opposite. There's been two days off. They had two days off to think about it, um, the game. And it's just like for these athletes, it's like, if they lose fine, whatever. All right. They're on to the next one. Like it doesn't even, they're not thinking about whatever the next game is. And I just think this is a game or this is a series where I think we're going to be on what's it's going seven. The, I think the Clippers are going to win tomorrow night, and then and then all bets are off in uh, in uh, Game Seven. Um, well, getting back to the first question that you asked me, uh, no, I wasn't surprised they won, but that was I wasn't expecting them to win or lose uh, just because of the way the series has gone. You know, I mean, it was I was just watching the game to see, you know, much like much like many people to see the outcome. Um, now to say that. The both games, you know, or game one game to another is completely different than the other, I think, uh, is a bit, uh, you know, I wouldn't totally agree with that. You can definitely take away some trends or take away some things that you could have executed better, things that you didn't execute, things that were working that you can continue to do. So I think, uh, you know, you can, there's a lot of takeaways. You hear that game, you hear that word a lot in sports, takeaways from one game to another. Um, so <clears throat> as far as just that goes, again, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, uh, again, I wasn't super surprised one way or the other. Uh, Luca kind of just continued his. I don't know if the if I don't know if dominance is the right right word when it comes to uh, uh, you know his performances in the in the playoffs. But you know he again kind of like what I said on on Tuesday's show that he just goes out there. I mean he took thirty seven shots. Like that's a ton of shots. Forty two points on thirty seven shots. Uh, you know, he just continued to, to go out there and try to score a hundred points every single time. And he was making some great passes, 14 assists, only four turnovers, which I think is, is very good. Um, and so, uh, you know, he, he went out there, especially with the banged up shoulder and just kind of put his nuts on the table. Once again, free throw shooting was better, much, much better. And I think that absolutely helped, uh, 
them this this game uh, last night. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a great game. I I, I don't know. I I think it's going to go seven as well. But I won't be shocked if the Mavs close it out to, uh, in Game Six. <clears throat> yeah. Well, here's the thing too. They they're twenty nine and one or thirty and one now after leading after the first quarter. And they won the first quarter last night. The only loss was in game three when they were up. So when they, they really are, you could tell if they get off to a good start, they're going to be, excuse me, they're going to be in good shape in the game. But I just, last night it was like, okay, so Ty Lu made, and I guess I should say the players, the game to game doesn't really matter. The coaches, they're going to make the adjustments. Does that make more sense? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I guess as far, you mean as far as, you know, when to sub guys out, what sets you're running, things like that. Well, or just like, well, last night, Carlisle put Bobon in the starting lineup and took out Kleber. Like they changed, like changed, right. changed the rotations. They, Dwight Powell really hadn't played much in the series last night. He plays 20 minutes. Ty Lue going into game three was like, all right, Zubach is getting cooked by Luca in the pick and roll. All right, we'll play Batum, and then that that changed it for the Clippers. So, coaching they take away, but the players are like, all right, they lose, whatever. That game's over. We move on to the next one. Like that. Like the mindset is, whatever happens in the previous game, if you lose or win for the players, that has no effect on the next game for the coaches. It does in the game plan they set up, but the players, their mindset, like Kawhi, isn't going to be thinking about yeah last night's game on Friday night. Say say again. Like Kawhi uh-huh. isn't going to be thinking, man. On Wednesday night, I missed. Oh, yeah, I yeah, took no, a horrible no, three sure at not. the end. No, for sure not. And yeah. and like for the players, that game does not mean anything going into Friday. For the coaches and coming yeah. up with the game plan, yes. That but for the players' mindset, that is, it's done. Luca, it's all done. It's it's over. It's done. Oh, like, that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't it, matter. Yeah. It's more of the coaches using that info than the, than the actual players. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, like, the, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. The more of the, um, it's it less of, less of what actually happened in the game and more of strategy. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And well, basketball has the more tendencies and the trend where you do that, but like in the baseball playoffs, whatever happens the night before does not matter the next night. And even in hockey, whatever happened the night before, doesn't matter the next night like those sports it doesn't really matter what happened in the previous game um basketball just maybe a little bit more for the trends but but with the, the like carlisle's i thought it was a pretty desperate move to put boban in the starting lineup like he goes all right you're gonna go small we'll put boban out there i don't think i'd be really giving boban a lot of minutes out there but he he played he played fine he played it, it worked it's it's just the whole team, like that was all. That was the Lucas show last night. Obviously. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it was the Lucas show for the first three quarters. He only scored two points in the fourth quarter, and he's only scored seven points in the fourth quarter in the first five games of the series, which is kind of hard to imagine that 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 that's as many points he scored in the fourth quarter so far. Seven points in five games in the fourth quarter, and I know he didn't really play a lot the other night in the blowout, but still, that's. That's pretty shocking. Yeah, no, absolutely it is. Yeah, no, like I said, it was the Lucas show. Um, Boban, there was a couple times at the rim where, you know, even though he's so much taller than everybody, he kind of got dominated a little bit. There was a tie up there uh, early in the on. third quarter. He got dunked on. So there was a couple times where, you know, the he had he got he got a rebound, and then rather than going right back up with it, he kind of brought it down. 
It would get tied up, would get stripped. So I think he needs to clean that up if he wants to continue to be in the starting lineup. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't, I will see, we'll see what Carlisle does come Friday, uh, with that, but, uh, it's, it's just gonna, it's gonna be the Luca show. It's gonna continue to be the Luca show. They got some, uh, big time plays from Hardaway and, 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 uh, Finney Smith, Dorian Finney Smith, which they've, you know, that's what they've needed. That's been the winning formula. We've mentioned that numerous times and we saw the game three and four, those guys didn't really play super well. And then, uh, paired with Luca's poor free throw shooting, that's kind of what led to their demise in those two games. But, uh, some big time shots some big time plays from, from their role players and, uh, and uh, Luca hoisting up 37 shots. It's just, you know, with a bum shoulder or, or pinched nerve in his neck, whatever it is, is just ridiculous. But, uh, hey, they got it done. And I think, uh, like I said, I if if without look, I haven't looked at a line or looked at, a, uh, you know, what the uh, what the money line might be for uh, for the game on Friday. I'd probably lead towards the Mavs. They're probably going to be a home favorite. Uh, you know, I'm guessing maybe a point and a half or two and a half points, something like that. Uh, but I would lean, I would lean uh, the Mavs uh, for right now. You think they're going to be a home favorite? They got to be. They haven't been a favorite all series. Yeah, but I think, I think at this point, they they would have to be. Nope, they're plus two and a half. They're plus two and a half. So I was wrong the other way. Yeah. Interesting. Um, the series price going into last night's game was. Um, they were plus 300 to win the series going into last night. Now they're minus 155 to win the series. So still kind of a short favorite to win the series. I mean, Vegas thinks that this is going to go. They think the seven. Mavericks are going to win, but they're going to win in seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just said on Tuesday, on Tuesday show, you didn't think a team was going to be able to win two games in a row. Right. And Kawhi last night didn't really have a good game. He shot terrible from the outside. They did a good job doubling him. They were like, we're not going to force. We're not going to have Kawhi. Um, we're not going to have Kawhi beat us. And that pretty much was it because Marcus Moore shot the ball well. Reggie Jackson shot the ball well. Paul George had a good first half. Like, they got production. They had five guys in, in double figures. That's the first time they've had uh, they've had guys in uh, double figures last night. They're all five guys, all five starters in double figures. So, like, they, the Clippers had the formula to win last night. They just didn't get the great performance they needed from Kawhi to, to get them over the top. And another thing, too, Luka. They made 37 field goals last night. He he assisted or made a field goal on 31 of them. So only six field goals he did not contribute in, too. So his usage rate was at an all-time high last night. And that's gonna that's gonna have to stay if they're gonna win uh if they're gonna win the series. And then look, Porzingis played horrible last night, but he did hit two big threes. He hit the one to go up ten at the end. Um, and then, and then he hit a big one in the third quarter to extend the lead. In that third quarter, like you go, you walk, I walked away for five minutes to go to the bathroom and I come back and they're up like 15 and it was like, what the, what happened? What did I, how did, how did that happen? It's just like, you blinked and you're like, okay, they're up 15 somehow. No, that literally happened too. I was watching the game out in the living room in the third quarter and, uh, I turned the TV off, went into the bedroom brush my teeth and turn the TV on in the bed. And literally, I think they were up 10 or 12 is when they went on that little, like 25 to six run or something like that. And I was uh, like, literally it taken maybe, maybe five minutes of real time. Who knows how much, I don't I, I'm not exactly sure how much game time it was, but it was like, it was like you said, just in a blink of an eye, you know, quick snap of the fingers and they were up by a ton. Uh, 
you know, real, real quick. And so, I, you know, if they can continue scoring in spurts like that, I mean, shoot, I, when I was watching the game in the third quarter, uh, I, I was watching it. I picked it up in the uh, beginning of the second quarter when I got home. Um, I mean, there was probably about six or seven straight possessions where the Clippers just could not find an open shot, couldn't take a good shot, things like that. So if their defense keeps uh, playing as well as it is, um, you know, it's uh, I, the Mavs are going to, you know, be a, the Mavs are going to have a, a, an easy, not an easy time, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to work in their favor, obviously, if you play good defense. But, you know, some of the matchups that the, that the Clippers tried to bring out to to Luka with, you know, Rajon Rondo guarding him, which that's never going to win. Uh, first off, Luka's too big and Rajon Rondo's old and just not a, never really has been a great defender. I mean, the Clippers are only playing eight guys. That's another thing. They played eight guys last night. Yeah. And, I mean, Terrence Mann. If he decides to lay it up, even tries to lay up, he might get a foul called for himself. And we could be looking at an all-time choke job by the Mavs last night. Being up 10 with a minute 50 to go. And if they lose that game, that is just, that's an all-time choke job. But Terrence Mann decided to kick it, uh, didn't take the layup, and, and uh, Kawhi took a horrible three, and, and they hold on. Because that was close to an all-time gag job last night yeah i mean uh, i'll use one of your uh one of your personal favorites is if he does make that layup you don't know how the rest of the game plays out you don't know that they choke you don't know that that's going to happen no but it could like, they they would have been they were up 10 with 151 to go and they would have been losing with what eight seconds left i think that was it right i think so yeah maybe yeah so yes they still could have won the game but up 10 with 151, you you think that's a pretty safe lead. That uh, not, pretty, not, not in the playoffs. Not in the playoffs. I don't know. I I think it would be. I I even think in the playoffs it should be pretty safe. But, well, we'll disagree. I, I, I didn't think that would have been. It should have just been out of reach, especially after you get something from Porzingis. He is, boy, he is. He's bad right now. Like, he's got nothing. Yeah. He's really got nothing out there. He just doesn't want to be inside. He's just soft right now. He's just they are really in a conundrum of what they do in the uh he better hope Luca carries them to a series win because if 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 they lose these next two games, scapegoat number one is gonna be KP. Oh, one hundred percent. Uh I don't know if you saw the uh if you've seen this video. It's one from when he got uh drafted by the Knicks and there's a guy that was recording the TV pissed off and he said I don't know who this Tingus Pingus is but why'd you pick and that's what he's that's what I was like man that's what he's playing like Tingus Pingus right now it's not Chris Epps Porzingis or the Zinger or or anything like that he's playing like Tingus Pingus because like you said he is soft inside I mean his he finally started hitting some shots from the outside yesterday uh, but before that really wasn't making any big time shots it was, would just disappear at times and uh, you wouldn't even realize he was on the court. So the fact that they were able to just get some kind of production from him, I think was, uh, was a huge help. He took six shots last night, six shots, yeah. he had as many field goals as rebounds. Like that's, you're not paying a guy you're not maxing a guy out to get six shots in the playoffs. Mm. I mean, Tim Hardaway took 19 I am paying Tim Hardaway to take 19 shots. I know he's been playing well, but I don't. I'd, I'd, if you're gonna tell me who would you rather have take 19 shots or, and take six shots, give me Porzingis taking 19 shots. That's what I'm paying him for. He can go six to 19. I don't care. 
I'd rather have him do it than Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, it's just, you're not paying him to go eight and six in the playoffs. Like, that's no blocks. Like, he's supposed to be one of the rim protectors. It's just weak, 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 weak. I mean, he got benched there for a little bit in the game. In the middle of the third quarter, it looked like he was getting benched. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just in, they're in a bad, he's in a bad mental space. Like, who? And, and then, like, now you look at the, you look at the stat line. Dwight Powell had just about the same game. If now you want to consider a little bit better than Kristaps Porzingis in eight less minutes, he went yeah. eight seven and two. Had a steal in there, uh, you know. So it, in, in twenty one minutes, Porzingis went eight and six in twenty nine minutes. Yeah, I mean, and, and you can't really trade him because no one's going to take him. And the thing is, you're going to have to, you don't have any draft picks to trade. You're fine. You can trade a bunch of, you can, you're going to have to attach a number one pick or you're going to have to attach like some young talent, but I don't even know what young talent teams would want uh, that, you, that you got that you're willing to trade other than they do have to attach maybe Jalen Brunson. I don't know. You'd probably have to give him up, but he's going to be a free agent. I don't know if you can uh, resign him, but you're going to have to attach you're going to have to attach assets to get rid of Porzingis if you do that. Like they, it's just that whole trade has not, um, has not worked out well for, for the Mavs so far. I mean, he could look, he could step up, have a huge game in game six. Um, but right now it has not been looking, uh, looking good right now. All right. Elsewhere in the playoffs, the Suns are on the verge of advancing to the second round. I would say that hinges on Anthony Davis's health, as we've, as we've said. Who knows if he's going to play? Thought Charles Barkley's nickname was pretty funny, calling him Street Clothes. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, but I, I feel like, I feel like this, like Anthony Davis said, and the doctor said, like this groin injury. Okay, so he's he's gutting it out on a hyperextended knee. So he's playing through that pain. So of course, when he's going to do that, he's going to have some. He's he gets his groin gets hurt because he's trying to overcompensate with the knee. Like, can he get some credit for gutting it out on the bad knee at least? But like, this is just a cause of playing on the bad knee. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's unlucky. It's a, it's a cause probably too of playing. As we said, look at the teams that are in the bubble that, that they've played the final four teams in the bubble. Only Denver's playing playing well right now and they and they lost their star guard like it's just accumulation of games that is wear and tear in such a short period amount of uh, short amount of time that guys are going to get hurt like i mean he's not wrong but i feel like this one this groin is just cause for the hyperextended knee and that was kind of unlucky where he how he landed and just wear and tear for how many games he's played yeah, I mean, much like, you know, I mentioned Chris Paul in, uh, what was that, game two, game three, when he goes down with the shoulder. I said, this is kind of the, this is the book on on Chris Paul. Have a great season or have a good season, get to the playoffs and get injured. <clears throat> Anthony Davis, I mean, it was only a matter of time. I mean, he even went through his own stretch uh, at the same time LeBron when the Lakers started falling where he was injured and then. Like I said, if he is trying to gut it out, you know, it's it, this this is going to be another cause of it. But, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, you're the what do they always say? The best ability is availability. And AD does not have availability. Uh, the availability that you would like from a superstar like that, a guy that you're expecting big things from, big numbers from, you're paying big money. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not I'm not a, no, a dummy. I know the only reason why the sun. We'll see. I, let me let me let me pause. The Suns play, I think even if AD plays, the way they're making shots, I think they still win. They don't win by 30, but I still think they win the other night. Now, coming up tonight, 
we'll see, like I said, if, if AD plays or not. And even if he does play, how healthy is he going to be? Uh, if he is playing, I do like the Lakers' chances a little bit better, but I wouldn't. This is, and this is me just, I, I have my Rob Lowe NBA hat on. This is, I took my son's hat off. I still think that, uh, you know, the Suns have a good shot because he won't be at that 100%, but I do like the Lakers' chances a little bit better. But again, well, I mean, what, what, what have we been saying this whole time, too? We haven't seen the vintage LeBron takeover game. I don't know if the vintage LeBron takeover game is in it this year. Yeah. With that ankle. Like, he, he can't get to the hoop like he can. Like he's he's gotten it out on a on a bad ankle, and he's. I just I don't think it's I don't think it's in it tonight. I don't think that vintage takeover game is in there. But here's the thing: I'm not disagreeing that the Suns would a game would have won Game Five if AD played. But the thing was that the Lakers would be going into Game Six tonight up three two rather than down three two. How do you figure? Well, because they would have won Game. Um, they would have oh, won game four, I, and they would have been four, up three yeah, one. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, possibly for sure. Yeah, no, but that—that's I going how the way that that game was going it was hard to mm-hmm. see where the Suns' comeback was going to be. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I just don't think the Vin, I don't think the Lakers. I don't think we're getting a vintage LeBron in the playoffs. I mean, it's got to be tonight if there is one. Um, but he's gotten it out on a bad ankle, and that Lakers team is just. I mean, I thought they were deep going into the season. But I don't know what happened to them. Maybe it's all the basketball they play or some of they are bad. Like mm-hmm. that supporting cast is is not not good at all. Dennis Schroeder laid a egg the like they they got nobody. They got they got a bunch of bums out there. They got it's Kyle Kuzma. If I have to hear anybody say anything about Kyle Kuzma ever ever again, I'm just shutting him off. Like that guy stinks. This is this is they were you were you were that everybody wanted them. To keep them, and now's your time to shine, buddy. And you are just dropping turds all over the court, left and right. Like he stinks. Like everybody on the team, other than LeBron and AD, sucks. They got nobody. Yeah. I mean, they seriously. I tweeted out. I think. I think the Cavs, 07 team, might be better than this ragtag. Uh, I don't know about that. Wow, they they're going farther in the playoffs than this Lakers team right now. Yeah. I mean, I know it's probably false, but. Seriously, I think I think LeBron might want Sasha, Sasha Pavlovich, Eric Snow, and Z more than he wants Schroeder, Kuzma, and uh, and Drummond out there. I mean, that team is bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marcus Saul, how old is he? Forty. And he's they are. And he's forty and probably about forty pounds overweight. And just chucking threes. I mean, they look KCP. He's been a guy that's played a ton of minutes for them. They've been on lot. He's. He's been hurt. He he tried to gut it out on in uh, game five, but he had nothing. I mean, they don't really have. They got nothing. Mont- I thought Montrezl Harrell. He, he hasn't. He hasn't they, played. He hasn't played because he's been playing bad. Like the supporting cast is not. It's not there. It is not. Uh, it is not there. And then we got Portland and Denver as well tonight. That was just a Dame show, like we would expect. Um, so that was awesome, even though he's he lost in that one. Um, and now they're going against the Nuggets. The big series, obviously, coming up starting Saturday is Brooklyn-Milwaukee. That is just going to be – I know I've been down on Milwaukee, but they, they, they proved some fight against the Heat, and that's going to be an all-out – that's going to be a battle out there. Mm-hmm. That's going to be I – mean, that could be the best series of the playoffs, I think. It could be. 
but also too, <clears throat> I think these are both teams that are severely overrated in what they do. They're now don't get me wrong, they are both good teams, but I think as far as what expectations are and expectations of what you get, I think both teams leave a little bit to be desired. What do the Nets leave to be desired? Excuse me, Nets. I'm thinking Sixers. I'm sorry. I was thinking Sixers. Uh, Sixers. I was thinking Sixers Bucks. So you're right. I've totally screwed up on that. Uh, totally whiffed on that one. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I think the Sixers are good. The problem is they need Embiid to play. Yeah. And without him, they're against the Hawks, who you might owe Trey Young an apology, and the Hawks were calling him bad. You know what? I won't apologize. But I, what I will do is say, Trey Young, nice job. Well done. <laughs> well done on the first round. Now let's see what else he can do, Trey Young. I'll give you a nice little hat tip. This is just what? moving the goalposts on. No, 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 no. Let me, let me finish. It let me is finish. moving Dude. the goalposts. No, 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 wait, wait. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. To be the guy that goes into the garden and becomes, you know, the, the, the comparison's been made, the Reggie Miller of this year, and to be able to perform night in and night out and do it, like that's no easy feat. Were the Knicks really that good? Eh, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, the, the obvious Tibbs running guys into the ground, uh, I think kind of played a factor here. But the fact that he was able to go into the garden night in, night out, be the ultimate heel, and every, the, the guy that everyone's hating, people are spitting on him. You know, he's he's telling people, hey, you know, uh, you know, he's giving him the shush after he hits a big three. That's no easy feat. So he did a very, very good job doing that. But we'll see going forward just how good they really are wasn't your whole thing you don't think trey young is that good and he can lead a team or whatever he just wiped the floor with the knicks who everybody was loving and the team over they over exceeded expectations of being a four seed don't really think a lot of people thought the hawks were going to win and he went in there and just dominated them and showed that he's that dude in the playoffs that he can win you a series i don't know if that was exactly my take but you know it was somewhere around there Wow, I think that was your take. <laughs> Might have been. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'll I'll say great job, Trey Young. If 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 he can if he get they don't even have to win this series. If he can put on a good performance in the second round, then maybe I'll uh, I'll retract. All right, I think first round you should retract because he proved it. And uh, and uh, but all right, you can you can keep moving the goalpost on this one. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he, the, the favorite was when they started was when they, did you see any of the game last night or not? No. Okay. So the, it was like a minute left in the game and the Hawks are up whatever, 12 and, uh, or 11, whatever it was. And the fans are, first of all, Spike Lee was caught left early and then they make a little run to get back down eight. And then he comes running back to his seats. Um, but, uh. Game's out of reach now. The Garden's given a standing O when the Hawks have the ball with like 50 seconds left. And Trey Young pulls up from like 30 feet while the crowd's applauding the Knicks and just buries a three right in the face of the crowd. And it was, uh, and he does a bow. And that was, uh, that was a, I was laughing. I thought that was great. I thought that was great. Um, but yeah, I've, else, what else we got? Uh, I think that's it for the playoffs, right? All the series? Yeah. Yeah. Like um, I said, we got we got the Suns Lakers tonight. Um and then game one's kicking out. Oh, the Dame game. Yeah. I was just incredible. Yeah. Unreal. 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 And the whole time too. 
it's on over on NBA TV, so nobody's able to watch it. Well, they should have flipped it over with the Lakers' Suns. No one wanted to watch that as a 30-point <laughs> exactly. game. Who cares? Yeah. yeah, exactly. They should have just said, we're going to make a, a executive decision here, and we're not going to – we're flipping over this game in double overtime. Yeah. And just say, sorry, this is a 30-point game. That's That's when they should have the flex. I don't think anybody would have cared. Not at all. I think people would have preferred it because, I mean, I don't have NBA TV on Hulu. And so I was I was watching the Suns game. Like I said, they were up 30. Um, and uh, the whole time I'm on Twitter, I'm seeing these replays of these Dame shots and him tying it up over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, it's just incredible. Incredible. 17 of 24 shooting, 12 of 17 from three. It's just it's just unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Um, I saw somebody have the take that they probably need to trade CJ McCollum and get somebody else in there. I wouldn't disagree. I don't know. You know, he can hit a couple threes, but I think that needs to be Dame's team. And uh, and I, you know, I think it is Dame's team, but I think because CJ McCollum kind of came out of nowhere, uh, as far as you know, on the uh, out of college, he uh, you know, there was a he was a good success story. And like I said, he's a very good player, but I think they need to turn that team totally over to Dame. And maybe move McCollum and see if they can get another piece to help Dame a little bit better. Well, I think it is Dame's team, though. I don't think that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what no, I, I know. Said. But, but you know, what I mean, like, I still think that, like, I mean, you look at you look at the minutes played. Dame has fifty one, and CJ McCollum played 50, 50 minutes. I mean, I think I, I realize he's your starter, your starting, uh, your other starting guard. But I think somebody that can maybe play off of Dame a little bit better is going to be would be more well suited for for uh, for Dame's game. CJ is still a little inconsistent. I exactly. What, like he's inconsistent and he needs he's when he's hot, he's hot. But what about what about what about a little uh CJ for uh Tingus Pingus trade? Uh I don't know why the Blazers would do that. I think they'd rather just keep CJ McCollum. Yeah, probably. Um Yeah, I don't I don't think they would want to I don't think they would want I mean they might be looking for a new head coach after if they lose tonight so terry stotts might be out there on the uh on the market and we got to say one thing congratulations to brad stevens <laughs> failing upwards always love to see a good failing upwards congratulations to brad stevens yeah that's huge that's huge uh you know he uh he forces danny ainge out and then takes his job well i think it was i guess it was reported or people were speculating that danny ainge was gone after this year anyways yeah, like he was looking for like a Utah job. He was doing whatever. But also, congratulations to Danny Ainge and 18 years of being the GM for the Celtics. Still didn't get as many uh, finals appearances as David Griffin. So congratulations to him on all his great success with the Boston Celtics. First player to or first person to win a championship as an executive and as a player, I believe. Just with the Celtics, because Jerry West won as an exec. Correct. Yeah, with the same team. Okay, if the same team, yes. Yeah. Yes. I do think it's funny. So I listened to. I I don't like Bill Simmons. He's a mm -hmm. character of himself. But I did listen to Rosillo and. Uh, I did it. I did a swipe left and deleted that as soon as I saw that uh, <laughs> Bill Simmons was on it. Okay. Well, I I listened to it, and it's so funny hearing like Danny Ainge. Look, he's done it. He he's a good. I think we would all agree he's a pretty good GM. He's a very yeah. good general manager. The only problem with him is that 
down the stretch or down the last couple of years, it was you always heard after the trade deadline, well, they almost traded for this guy. Well, they almost traded for this guy. Well, they almost traded for this. They almost traded for that guy. Every big name was almost traded to Boston, but they never pulled the trigger. So I always found that to be very funny of like, oh, they can't do this. And the fact that, one, he was a horrible GM, and then he got he got lucky that his buddy Kevin McHale was in Memphis and gave him a sweet or in Minnesota and gave him Garnett for practically free. But he's done a good job. Like he picked Jason Tatum, he picked uh, Jalen Brown right now. Found Isaiah Thomas had a little run there, but like I mean the Brooklyn trade too, where he traded Kevin Garnett and PG. Well, no, that was getting that was getting Tatum and Brown from that. Yeah. No, I. But the whole thing is is. Is like I hear all these like pro Boston guys, Rasilla, one of them. He goes, Danny Ainge gets sh- shit on for no reason. He's a great GM. He's a great GM. He goes, Popovich doesn't get this stuff. Uh, Pat Riley doesn't get this stuff. And I'm listening. I'm yelling. I'm like, dude, Danny Ainge has one title. Yep. Pat Riley has what four or five with the Heat? Four with the Heat? Yeah. Or three with the Heat. Popovich has five with the Spurs. And yeah, they're going to a little wall right now. But guess what? You got to win more than one, t- and I know you can't control, but like, you got to win more than one title in 18 years with the Celtics for me to consider like you did such a fantastic. Since 1988, they've won two titles. Like since since 1989, whenever they won the last, the Mavs and Cavs have as many titles, and the Mavs has as many Finals appearances as the Celtics. The Cavs have more Finals appearances than the Celtics. Like, go, you can run the, the the Raptors have as many titles as the Celtics from 1990. Like, they are literally just the run of the mill average franchise since 1990 with one title. Yeah. Um. And I we, we got to hear them just just suck off Ainge and Brad Stevens about how great they are when 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 I think they underachieved with the with I think Brad Stevens underachieved with the with the uh with the talent that he had. Yeah, he overachieved a couple early on seasons, but that Tatum team should have made the finals probably last year. Just you got to hear them just the whole time. Yeah, no, I mean, we know your Brad Stevens takes. Um he probably I you know, I think he, I th- he's a good coach. Can I say he's a very good coach? He's a yeah. very good coach, but everybody props him up to be the prodigal son, and he's not. Yeah, definitely not. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he kind of stays in this president's role or president of basketball operations role, or if he ever makes a return to coaching. Um, because, uh, you know, he is a smart guy. He's a very smart guy. He had success at a young age uh, in coaching. He had success at a young age in the NBA. And now we'll see what his success is like at a young age as being a president of basketball operations for a, for a, a big time team. You know, I think it would be different if this was like a, you know, like a Grizzlies or like a Timberwolves, like a small market team. But I mean, it's the Boston Celtics, you know, and so we'll see how he, you know, I think he he might have like a five year window here where he really needs to make some some improvements, some changes. I think whoever they find as a head coach is going to be the first move that kind of sets the tone for uh, what his tenure is going to be like. But uh yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a very smart guy. I think he is a good coach, and I'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what his role is like moving forward, um, not only with the Celtics, but just professionally, because I don't know if he ever makes the return to coaching because he really didn't see the success that he thought he might. Well, they said one of the reasons why he left or whatever, took this job, because he was worn out by coaching. And he's 46. Like, the pandemic, having a coach in the bubble – and then thinking you were going to coach in January and not at the, I mean, you started a month earlier, took a toll because he couldn't spend more time with his family and all that. And this, 
and everything really took this last year and a half really took a toll on him and he and he just didn't enjoy uh coaching right now so that's why he that's why he left so i mean he's only 46 years old so i wouldn't rule out anything to coaching but i also think like being an executive for an NBA team is almost more work than coaching. The only thing is maybe you're not traveling as much, but like, that's still a, that's still a lot of work. Like you're working 24 seven, trying to improve your team. I will say I'm excited to see like who he trades right off the jump. If he makes any trades who the first players to go. Cause that's very, I mean, he knows the locker room better than anybody else. Um, so that will be interesting to see what players stick around and what players leave. And then you find out really what he, uh, he 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 thinks of their future. Yeah. Um, all right. And one other basketball thing. I know I'm not going to be able to stick with this, but I I'm opting out of the college basketball season until March right now. Because of Coach K? I cannot do the Coach K, Derek Jeter, Narcissist farewell tour. I cannot do it. The KG narcissist tour, the pop big poppy narcissist going away tour, the Derek Jeter narcissist going away tour. Okay, I cannot okay, you already mentioned him, Jesus. Oh, I'm going to mention him again. I'm I I cannot, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going to Duke is being muted on my Twitter timeline. I can't do it. I'm done. I cannot do it. Just be like Roy Williams and retire last year at the end of the season. Don't do this. Look at me tour. And want all the accolades you want. Just just go off like a normal person. Uh, I do agree with you about the 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 Duke thing, uh, obviously. And uh, secondly, you know, it sounds like somebody is just a little salty that they've never had a player play for any of their organizations that deserved a farewell tour. <clears throat> but that's neither here nor there. Well, we've had uh, they just left because we didn't have the money to pay them. Right, exactly. So they, you know, like I said, um, couldn't couldn't keep them around. Doesn't have anybody to stick around with the franchise and see it out with them. But either way, uh, yeah, it's me. This is this is prime Coach K coming out in June to say that hey, this is going to be my last year coaching. Uh, so everyone enjoy it while you can. And uh, you know, it's just this is this is right. You know, this is stereotypical Coach K. Can't uh, and can't say I'm surprised. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the season goes. I hope they missed the tournament. That would be rooting, hilarious. Rooting hard if they missed a turn. Oh, wait, do you wait, think wait. they? Do you think they? Do you think they accept NIT? Uh, no, God. If, no. Really? I mean, that's a no couple way. extra games that he gets to, he gets to stick around for. No way. No way. No way. What if? What if they're like what they were this year in February? Do you think he just retires on the spot and says, "All right, John Shire, here you go"? I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. And then he, John uh, Shire's the inner. Get. I mean, good. Another typical Duke guy. Like that guy fits the. He, I mean, he's Coach K Jr. out there, pretty much, going to be the other coach or the next coach. But uh, I can't, I can't do the Coach K. But he, I mean, as you said, he's a genius. He got the full. He waited till after Brad Stevens, not that he knew uh, the Celtics thing was going on. Then he waited until later in the day so he could dominate the headlines. I can't do it. Yeah, cannot, cannot do it there. All right, to baseball. We've got some, uh, so you know we were talking about April. The, the month of April was like one of the worst hitting months of all times. Ryan, I have some good news. Batting average is up point. Is that April was 232. Now we're up to 239. We are cooking along. That on-base percentage is a cool 315 league-wide. And you're wondering, oh, strikeouts. Strikeouts, 
percentage was 24.4 in April and May, only 24%. So things are getting better for the offense. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great. Trending in the right direction. Maybe by the time we hit September, we'll be up to like 250 uh, for league-wide batting average. Uh, but obviously a lot of the talk around baseball has been this sticky substance, sticky substances, I should say, um, that pitchers are using. And at first batters were cool with it because like, Hey, the guy has control over the pitch, but now it's like, wait, that guy can make that ball spin, dance and move the way I've never seen before. So now it's a little unfair, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, like I said, we're trending in the right direction. Days are going to be a little bit hotter. I think when it's hotter, the air's a little thinner. I think that's correct. Uh, so maybe balls start flying out the yard a little bit more. I would like to defend uh, anti-vax Karen check on that one. Uh, he gave up like three runs in that inning, so what did it matter? The sticky stuff wasn't working. Did you see that video going around? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, where he was like very blatantly rubbing his index <laughs> finger oh, yeah. and then his thumb on the glove, on his the thumb of his glove. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, no, I mean... I've known about work. he gave up yeah. four hits. He walked the batter and he gave up two runs. It didn't work. The the whole thing about the sunscreen rosin uh, combination that's been around for I don't know how long because Phil Hughes is kind of the first guy that made that popular because um, you would see him in the bullpen. He would douse his forearm in the spray on sunscreen and then would come on the mound and uh, and friggin' bathe in rosin and you've seen lance lynn recently do do a lot of the same thing so the fact that everyone's acting like this sunscreen rosin stuff is new I and mean, like i said phil hughes is uh, to me is the guy that made it known and made it made it really popular for me and he even kind of talked about it um uh shortly after he retired saying like yeah everybody does it and like it's not illegal it's you know what are you gonna say i can't wear sunscreen i can't protect myself and then i'm using rosin out there to you know rosin's on the mound for you to use but uh yeah it's uh it's interesting, and obviously, you know, we'll see where it goes, if anywhere. With uh, this is what I'm saying: just let just let pitchers dip their hand in pine tar, let the batters shoot themselves up with as many steroids as possible, and let's just have a day. Yeah. Well, uh, I think you know what I think. Who's on the cool throne is the sun sleeves. Just start making the pitchers wear sun sleeves if they want skin protection. True. Yeah. The sleeves could be making a strong impact in baseball. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but also another thing, guys are getting hurt left and right. Right now, there's 240. This is the athletic. 244 players on the injured list is as May 31st. Through the 61, that's 29% more than we're on the uh, injured list going back to 2019 through 61 days in the season. Like There are so many guys that are getting hurt. And people don't know what is it is it they weren't prepared for the season last year? Is this a carryover from last year? I mean, there's been the same time off, but just the condensed season, the short ramp up, like it a lot of things people are trying to figure out what is going on with uh are going on with um the injuries because there's a lot of injuries and they say elbow elbow injuries for pitchers are up uh are up uh, 28%. Um, 
But yeah, it's definitely int- and oblique obliques are up to it. Everyone, it seems like a ton of people are getting hit with oblique injuries right now. Ton of oblique injuries. You got to make sure you're training those obliques. You're a rotational athlete. Make sure you're training rotationally. It's not just getting big and strong and trying to swing about as hard as you can. You got to make sure you're training the proper way that's conducive to your game. Same thing that I tell my players all the time. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if it's a carryover from last year. I don't know if it's because, you know, they played, well, I mean, they played 60 games in what, two, two and a half months, their normal layoff. And then they got back into spring training. So I'm not really sure what it is. Um, you know, I don't, guys are throwing harder. Guys are swinging harder. That could be something that has to do with it. Like I said, the, uh, the, uh, we saw what happened with, uh, Bryson DeChambeau when he started swinging hard, he, his lower back started blowing out on him. So you got to train your body to for the way you're, you're, uh, performing, you know, you train hard to swing hard, train hard to throw hard, all that good stuff. If you're going light, I know the big thing is resistance bands and a lot of guys, as far as pitching, don't really do a whole lot of strength training during the season, which is they shouldn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't really put my finger on what, uh, what all these injuries are, are, are stemming from. Well, I know it's going to be interesting if people find, uh, can find out or, they maybe get a gauge on what uh, is going on because they haven't really played. Uh, um, they haven't really played, uh, or they can't have. They don't have enough data right now to figure out what what it was based on last year. Mm-hmm. If last year was a cause for the uh, for the thing. All right, do you have anything else before we wrap up here, Ryan? Nope, that is it. That is it. We got. I mentioned last on Tuesday mentioned this Tuesday we got Arizona Alabama softball we got Arizona or we got Arizona baseball and all the rest of college baseball starting up it's gonna be a fun weekend yeah I will say the uh the U.S. Women's Open is at Olympic Club starting uh, it's going on right now it's uh, so prime time women's golf at the Olympic Club they played uh um they uh the Webb Simpson one here in 2012 that's when the guy ran on the green yelling the bird calls or whatever but uh, should be a great course for the ladies. That's that's starting right now. It's prime time for the women's golf. They'll be good. And then uh, we'll be back on uh, on uh, on Monday. And I'm I'm uh, going to be live in the AAC tomorrow night. Live in the flesh. Oh yeah, you going to the game? I am going to the game. Nice. So we will uh, get to see what uh, what goes on there. Maybe I'll uh, wear my Marcus Morris uh, full body uh, like J.R. Smith T-shirt. See how that goes, huh? I think you should. How about that between him and Kleber? Did you see them getting into it? Uh, -uh, I missed that. Oh well, Marcus Morris, he got a bad flagrant one. They both he got a flagrant one. He was trying to box out, and his his forearm came around his neck, but it was just like a finisher or whatever. And then him and Kleber were just chirping, uh, all game. But uh, that was an interesting Kleber getting under the skin of Marcus Morris. Kind of like to see it. Something else there. But uh, all right, we'll be back on Friday. Or, well, Friday. We'll be back on Monday. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good weekend.